Welcome to another episode featured on iTunes, iHeart, Spotify, and other popular podcast channels. And now, your university professor, published author, and U.S. Army Airborne Ranger veteran, Dr. Aaron Bryant. And you know, the best part about it is that once Google or all those companies see the product, guess what? They're coming back to you and say, do you have more? Because that person has proved not only the knowledge, but also their skill in, in professional and personal etiquette. And when I fundraise from those companies, you know, military people are not good fundraisers. We, <laughs> we're, not, we're not good at going and asking, will it be self-sufficient? I got everything I need in my rucksack and I don't need anything from anybody. Right. That's right. a military mindset. Well, it doesn't work that way in nonprofit. But what I like to do is I like to say, number one, I want to have a sustained relationship with you. I don't just want to meet you for one day, high five, have some kind of transaction and go on my way. I want you to understand and have some passion about uh, the same thing that I have passion for. And that's get helping these people crush some barriers and get into a job and achieve economic dignity, right? right. That is critical. And when you have that, it changes your life. So I, I want that long-term relationship. Uh, and the second thing I say is, I don't, I don't wanna do something. I want a mutually beneficial relationship. Why don't you hire one of my students or, or in, take one as an intern? And after that, we can talk about your philanthropy department, your corporate social responsibility, making a contribution to us. So I don't, I don't like to go to somebody and say, hey, just give us a donation. I say, no, I want you to come in my classroom, bring your, your entry-level IT people to come talk to my students. What is, what is it like to be a junior systems admin at Accenture? What is it like to be at the Bank of the West or Citibank or Bank of America as a analyst, a junior analyst? Talk to my students in the classroom. Come and be do, do volunteer work in the classroom and then hire one or two of my students a year. And then I will call you and say, look, you've hired two or three of my students. You're volunteering in my classroom. You know, what, what are the opportunities in terms of your corporate social responsibility con contributing to us? And that's how I approach it because I want them to be involved and, and own it like I do. And that's the, you know, it's the same thing in the military that we learned when we work as part of a coalition with foreign forces. You've got to work together and you you got to have a trust building time. Yeah. How many students, how, do you, how many students do you rotate throughout the year? Because I know you obviously have a budget and so these things are important to manage. So what is your rotation? So I do, I, I, I recruit 50 students for tech fundamentals in the fall and I do another 50 in the spring. So I, I crank through 100 students uh, a year is my goal. Next year, I want to do 150. The, the silver lining of COVID, we used to do all of our training in class. Mm -hmm. Well, now with COVID, all my instructors used to have to be right here in San Francisco and San Jose. Now I have one instructor in New York, one instructor in Dallas, and I just hired a new instructor in Virginia Beach. I'm able to find the best talent, uh, and, and NPower has its instructor institute which is an incredible asset. We have uh, an institute, a pool of instructors who can kind of go anywhere using Zoom and, and, and technology. And they are absolutely talented, gifted, wonderful people who can not only teach these things, but retain our students in the class. Retention and getting people not to drop out. Right now, I started with 50, I have 46 students still in, which given COVID and all the other things, that's incredible retention. 
Right. And I, I attribute that to the Instructor Institute uh, run by a gentleman named Robert Vaughn. Uh, he's in New York, but the curriculum has to be squared away. The instructors have to be good, and I'm really proud of them. So that's that's one way in which we do it is is we have uh, a really talented instructor pool, and we we get that foundation tech fundamentals rock solid, so they're ready right. to jump up to the next thing. So so you mentioned tech. Um, has corporate ever considered expanding into other areas, and other skill sets that could be beneficial? Yeah. So the the uh, New York, our headquarters. We, we are looking at, we have we have a program for cyber, we have a program for AWS cloud. Right now in California, all I have is tech fundamentals, but I wanna grow that. You know, I, I love cybersecurity out here and I've got people on my advisory board from Palo Alto Networks, from Dropbox, from Slack, uh, so, some, some great places. Um, you know, Deloitte is in there and uh, Ernst & Young. So I've got some really good companies they also advise to our curriculum and say, hey, you know, at the national level, we want to look ahead and think about this. You don't, you don't just want to do what we need today. We need to think about three years from now, what are the entry level tech skills that we need? So we always have a group thinking about that. And the Instructor Institute is leaning into how do we adjust our curriculum? It's constantly year to year, our curriculum changes just a little bit every year to keep up with the times. So, okay. um, yeah, I hope that answered your question. No, no, absolutely. That isn't, you know, because obviously we have to adapt to the times. And you mentioned cybersecurity. I, you know, at the university I teach at, I just taught a cybersecurity class. Uh, it was my second one. And the demand is how I ended up having that course. I wouldn't have thought I would, if you'd asked me, you know, five years ago how to teach that type of class, I would have said absolutely not. Uh, but it's it's a growing demand and I me being the who I am, they approached me about that. So I get it. Um, you know, I don't want to hold you all day because I could actually talk about lots of questions, but I'm going to make sure that our audience has access to the website. We're going to put some information on the YouTube page where the video will be. But I wanted to ask you, you mentioned earlier, inner city transitioning military and spouses, in addition to our vets, they get to do this for free. Is there any conversation or opportunity for a dependent of a veteran? So say like, for instance, we have a veteran who's no longer alive and his dependent is uh, relying on their um, parent who actually is no longer with us. Would they be able to take advantage of this? Is there anything out there for that? Yeah, I will tell you, um, there is. A lot of times those, those dependents fall into the young adult category anyway, 18 to 24, from potentially an underserved uh, a community, especially if they're, they've lost a um, breadwinner in the family. The other thing I'll tell you is, you know, my boss in New York is really great and she takes a common sense approach. Our mandate is to train veterans and young adults, but every once in a while we get an outlier. Uh, I've had a British Royal Marine in my class. He was uh, down and out here in Northern California. And I called back and I said, look, I've met this young man through the British Benevolent Society and I, I want to accept him in the class. He's got potential. And so we made a waiver. I had an Afghan interpreter who, although he wasn't in the U.S. military, he served for multiple years as an interpreter for U.S. units in Afghanistan. So I made the same phone call to my boss and, you know, everything is a case by case. So the answer is yes. Mm -hmm. uh, we will make some exceptions um, and... Uh, those are case by case things, but uh, for military dependents, I've had some through our course before. 
uh, because they qualified as young adults, ages 18 to 24. And let's face it, military pay is not like uh, pay in other Silicon Valley firms. So you're, you're, uh, I, I think what we look at is if you make more than two times the poverty level, then we, we don't necessarily bring you in. We want to serve those who need us most that, right. that need. Uh, so, um, you know, for, for those cases, it's a case by case, but there is a precedent. Understood. Understood. I noticed that in uh, the fall of last year in January, um, uh, actually, I should say technically it was January 2020, but I guess the graduation was for the fall class. You guys had a graduation uh, over in Palo Alto. Now, I see coming up in Texas, they're having a Champions of Veterans honoring J.P. Morgan. That's coming up actually in a few days. You have anything for California coming up with your next graduating class? So the most recent graduation we had, um, we started planning our California graduation and I got Mark Hill, the CIO of Gilead. Yes, I know, I mean, yes. I mean, Gilead yes. uh, is working or on the, or the pointy end of the spear of the COVID stuff, yes, right? Right. So we were super excited to have Mark and he told this great story of when he first started out in IT and they were using floppy disks and he asks his, his boss, he comes in as the new, uh, you know, the data tech and the CEO's like, I need to fix my computer. He's like, you have this backed up on floppy, right? And the guy goes, yeah. So he <laughs> deletes everything. He's like, where's your floppy? He goes, I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> he, he deleted the whole CEO. And I love these guys that are CIOs, right? But they have stories about how, you know, they were punting it in the grandstands when they were in their 20s in their first job. And it, um, well, we, we had that set up for California, but it ended up, because we're virtual, the whole uh, all seven of our uh, Empower regions combined to do this one graduation. And we did it okay. virtually. And it was, again, you could not have a party like this with this many people and a great speaker like that. And we had a, a couple of uh, honor graduates from different uh, places. The young man that I had that's at Google now, he was one of the speakers. And it's just, man, it's uplifting. And Palo Alto Networks, we did have one of our recent graduations there. They, you know, I, I will go to any company like Splunk. They've hosted us before, Palo Alto Networks. And I'll say, hey, can we use your space? And this is what we're doing. And man, th these companies have been great to us to open their buildings and let us have, let the family celebrate these accomplishments. So right now, I don't have a gala type event or a thing coming up in uh, in, in California. We're, we have some pretty strict restrictions here still in place. Uh, I could get something going in the virtual uh, world, but I'm putting myself on report. You know, my, my army buddy in Texas is a step ahead of me having a cool event to honor JP Morgan Chase. And just like we learned in the military, plagiarism is the greatest form of flattery. I'll probably <laughs> steal his playbook and do the same thing. Hey, that's right. That's right. So I want everybody to know you can actually go to the website. It's empower.org. That's November Papa Oscar Whiskey Echo Romeo.org. Please go to the website. Check it out. You actually will see Chris's photo on the front page. He, I, I don't know if you really, did you even know your photo was there? In nope. your you didn't know that, yeah. I was sitting here looking at it. I'm going, hey, there he is right there. You're a whole Marine Guard. But yeah, he's there as well. Apparently, there must be other people on there as well. Hey, everybody check it out. 
Um, obviously, this is California we're talking to, but we got Texas. We got other states out there. Chris has mentioned those states. If you are in those states, neighboring states. Now, Chris, so that brings up another question. I apologize. I got, I throw, I'm going to throw this at you. Since we're doing virtual and you're not in that state and say you're not a state that's specific to Empower, could somebody actually apply if they're in a state that Empower is not representing since we're virtual anyway? Yeah, so this is a great question. So start with the end in mind, right? My end in mind is you've got your certifications, you've had your tech training or professional development training, you're raring to go, I'm gonna go get a job. The place that we have our job contacts is here in California. So I've got one student right now from out of state, but she is moving. It, she, she will be moving in January to California. She's in a neighboring state. And so I, again, case by case, All right. okay, case by case, look at it. Um, but we, what, I, what I did this time because of COVID is I, I created a waiting list. And as I got applications from out of state or other extenuating circumstances, I put them on a waiting list. And then I would look at my waiting list when it got to be about 15 or 20. And I have to make a determination who needs us the most. Right. Who needs right. us the most and um, and who can I place in a job? Because if somebody is in Alaska and I don't have a relationship with Microsoft and Anchorage, that's gonna be hard for me to place somebody. Whereas around here, I know everybody. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. So I'm pretty confident of our placement abilities here. I, I did take a couple from Sacramento and a couple from Los Angeles, and I'm mm -hmm. betting on the come that I can find employers that are going to take them. But, oh, of course. But it's of course. but it, so we're slowly expanding that way, and we're just testing. You know, scaling is the hardest thing for any organization to do. Mm -hmm. But COVID has given me the ability to scale in a measured way and just dip my toe in the water a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I jump yeah. in there head first. So we'll see how <laughs> it goes. But anybody can apply and feel free to, to email me or look me up on the Empower uh, website. We also have an information site there and um, we're happy to talk to everybody. Yeah, and if I recall correctly, your email is right on there, which I applaud you for having that direct access. I think you're the epitome of open door. So you put it there. I can imagine what your emails look like. <laughs> there, there's a lot. That's why I haven't looked at my picture on the website and gotten all narcissistic this morning because I don't even know it's there. I mean, I'm yeah. my email. And is the it? other thing I'll say about Empower, four stars from Charity Navigator. So it's a really, I, I find this really important with nonprofits that you go and you look them up and see what, are they on Charity Navigator or GuideStar? What are their ratings? Uh, I always look at things and it took me a while to learn about nonprofits in this way, but I'm, right. I really, uh, we have great core values. We have a great culture in the organization. We have excellent leadership uh, in New York and my staff are, are wonderful. And we represent the students we serve. Half of my staff, are uh, they they are from the San Jose area or they, you know we're young adults in, in in tough communities. Half my staff are veterans. Ninety percent of my staff come from minority ethnicities. Ninety percent of my students come from minority ethnicities. And so it's really diverse. It's vibrant and it's a happy place. 
Yeah, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. You know, you touched on something very critical, and I actually have an upcoming show to talk about that, where you're looking at these nonprofits and programs. You know, it's a it's a tough thing to talk about, but it's also reality. We have people that are exploiting military, exploiting procurement opportunities, funding, etc. And unfortunately, that's a reality. So I took it upon myself to do some of the research to talk about that. So I'm glad you brought that up because there will be conversation, hard hitting conversation about that but it's to protect our families the people who are donating because you have to do the homework and do the research and i did check in power and you're absolutely right i mean you guys are blowing it out of the water and i actually applaud you for all the work you're doing everything you're doing including yourself chris uh you know what it's i i can't thank you enough you mentioned the diversity internally you mentioned the community that you're representing that's all important i say that from a personal perspective uh somebody who grew up in compton and did what he did so this is amazing so again i don't want to take up your too much time we continue to talk but i know you have things to do before we end this show do you have any last words no, I, I thank you for your show and I thank you for giving me the opportunity uh, to speak about this. I can talk the legs off the table and the wings off of a bat when it comes to my certain, uh, you know, uh, my certain chosen profession here. I, I had an old Marine Colonel who used to say that. I, I, I'm not sure I know what it means, but it sounds pretty funny. <laughs> well, I'm gonna, that must be an officer thing. Cause... <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, but I, I, I'm, I'm really, it's a privilege to get to be uh, working with the people that I work with and serving the young people that I serve with. And when I see somebody walk off to Google or, you know, a, a, my final quick story, I had a young lady who was working at Panda Express. She joined our program. We placed her in a job after she got her certificates, everything's great. And then three weeks after she started, I get a note, hey, uh, this young lady just lost her job, COVID furlough. I'm like, oh no. So I pick up the phone and call her up and I said, hey, I said, "Don't worry. I go, we got a placement team. We're we're gonna uh, we're gonna keep working on this, and we're gonna get you another interview." She goes, "Oh, it's okay, Colonel Sterling. I already have two interviews set up." I said, "Really? Did my placement team help you with that?" She goes, "No, I did it myself." I said, "Really? Well, let me know how that works out." Three days later, she calls me back. I just got hired by Needon Systems. I'm like, wow. "Okay." So it goes back to she wasn't oh, I need to go back to the placement team. You guys need to do something for me. No, she's like, I've got these skills. It's I'm right, good. Right. They fur furloughed me. And it was like a Marine or an Army Ranger attitude. Well, I'm, this is me and I'm going to go fight for this. So she gets hired. Not only did she get hired, I, I told my placement team, I'm like, why didn't we know about this place? So call them <laughs> up. She's got two more of our graduates went to work there. So... Nah. You know, she opened the door to other people, and this is the beauty of it. It's not what we do for our students, it's what they can do for themselves. Mm -hmm. And it's what we help enable them to reach their full potential. And that is cutting vines out of the way with a machete and driving a D9 bulldozer through a berm. That's what That's right. that is. That's right. That's right. That's a great closing. That is absolutely a great closing. All right, Colonel Siley. Again, it's a pleasure. Thank you so much for being on the show. I look forward to staying in touch with you. And again, everybody, empower.org. Please go to the website. And he left, he put his email on there. So if you want to reach out to the California chapter, he's available to you. And check out all the other states as well. So that is our show. I wish we can keep talking to all my veterans and families out there. Be blessed and know that I'm speaking to you. But more importantly, 
someone is always listening and that someone is not just me thanks again it's dr bryant that's our show <laughs>